Hi. Hi. My name's Xavier. I'm Allison. And this is Housewives Theory. Welcome. Welcome back, BBs. <laughs> so for those of you who are joining us for the first time or returning, hey girl, um, this is a podcast about the Real Housewives franchises. It's a safe space, a space to geek out about all the weird shit about Housewives you forget to talk to your friends about or you're too embarrassed to talk to your friends about. Never. We're here for you. Let's mention it all. Ooh, for us, Real Housewives is not a guilty pleasure, honey. It's a sweet indulgence. Succulent. <laughs> <laughs> Succulent wasn't necessary, but it was also very necessary. I mean, you know, we're different. We're a little different. We're leaving this moment different. <laughs> Alice and I, as most of you know, are both television writers from Los Angeles. So when we talk about these women, we break it down in terms of character, in terms of arc, in terms of motivation. Who was she last season? Who is she now? Who might she become? <laughs> Who she turned into? <laughs> Do we know her? <laughs> Who's to say? <laughs> so this episode will focus on Real Housewives of New York season two, which aired from February to May of 2009. Oh my god, uh, the end of my senior year of high school. Wow, she's I old. Just Age myself. I'm just kidding. <laughs> wow. Somehow it's only okay when I joke about we it. We can't all be soft and supple. <laughs> <laughs> Again, succulent. I That's the last you. time I'll do it, I swear. <laughs> Let's jump into taglines. Great. So, Real Housewives of New York, for some reason, for the first three seasons, have the same taglines, but are Alice and I still going to do a dramatic reading of them? Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Alex, to a certain group of people in New York, status is everything. Luann, I never feel guilty about being privileged. Bethany, New York City is my playground. Jill, I run with a fabulous circle of people. Ramona, I like making my own money. I find that an aphrodisiac. Kelly, I've created a great life and I love living it. Ooh, girl, they're the taglines. Okay, here's the question. Yes, they're all the same, but we have a new one. We have Kelly's. Yes. Which is your favorite? Luann. It's to Luann. <laughs> okay, because I gave Bethany my favorite last time, and because I truly love Bethany and Luann's equally, I'm going to throw it to Luann this time. Okay, okay. I should have done Bethany, but I didn't because I love Luann so much. Listen, I respect that. I mean, the delusion. I never feel guilty about being privileged. And it even, it like, it fits even better with her story this season, I feel, in 100%. a way. 100%. And it's also worth noting that Jill and Ramona both share the center apple. Very interesting. Don't it, know if I agree with that. You know, I agree. I don't think it feels incorrect, but I feel like there also could have been another version I'd be satisfied with. Sure. Okay. Who do we start with? Your choice. You cho okay. Your choice this time. First of all, I actually want to say a thing. This was season two of New York. Yes. And it was so good. It was so good. I normally always get very excited for a sophomore season of a housewife show. I think Orange County was an exception because they were still really finding their footing. They were finding what the show was, yada, yada, yada. But with season two of New York, it gives the ladies time to, you have that first season. You all get to know each other if you don't know each other already. You're all, you know, experiencing this heightened sense of fame at the same time. You're seeing yourself on TV. You're seeing what people are saying about you the relationships have a little time to cook honey Marinate. and then you get to a season two and that's like when the show starts and I felt that in New York and I loved it wow okay so I was not going to say that and now your energy has truly infected me <laughs> oh girl there's a cream for that not <laughs> 
for me, sophomore seasons, I actually am not super excited about them. I do agree with you on the drama front. The way I just gasped. I know. But to me, I, I don't know if it's because I've watched too much television in my life, but I feel like I can feel the women taking notes from producers in the second season, at least in the beginning. Mm-hmm. So whether it's turn up the drama, talk about your family more, fight more, take us to more of it. I don't know. I'm just hyper aware in the second season of all of the ways that the women are like, this is what gets me famous. I think that's why it's good though, because you still have a mix in a season two. It's like they're starting to get famous and some of them are more aware yeah. than others, which I feel like we see in this season. Yeah. And it's like, you. I don't know. It's just like a perfect mix of, you know, somewhat, innocence as you can be in a housewife show mixed with pure delusion and like dissatisfaction like I don't know I feel like a season two historically can have it all okay so you know the playing field a little this season is I feel like we you know and the second season gets to see dynamics truly start to like deepen like with Bethany and Jill and their friendship great friendship and also with like rivalries you know we get a new one this season which is kind of one of the biggest ones in Bethany versus Kelly quite the season two rivalry yeah girl but we also get a taste of season one rivalries with Jill and Ramona still so like I don't know Who do we start with? Let's start with. Should we just start with Jill? I knew you were going to say that. I Let's mean, go! it's so hard not to I start like with. I like a football coach. <laughs> I'm triggered. Brittany Jean, okay. Brittany Jean. I literally just went inside of myself. I was like, I can't be here right now. Oh, um, girl, no, I don't want to be there either. Oh, God. Brittany Jean, Brittany Jean, Brittany Jean. I can't say it enough. Start with Jill. Take it away, sis. What was she doing in circus season two? Oh my God, get her some Ben Gay. Um, <laughs> she said the magic word. <laughs> I feel like we can't not talk about Jill first because she put herself in nearly every single person's storyline. She was working for that damn check. An example of someone who knows the game coming into the second season. 100%. Knows what she has to do. Yeah relishes in the spotlight that Jill Zarin <laughs> and we love her for it yes she knows what she's doing but she also doesn't know what she's doing some of the times like I think she knows that it's good to have a friendship a core person she knows that it's good to have a good rapport with most people she knows that it's good not to just let people run all over her but she also is delusional in understanding just that who she is yeah like Jill in this cast is the person who plays the game the most so like of course she has that core person she has an alliance honey like she like she is very much to that vibe it's just how our brain works like in life i fully believe if the show weren't recording she would still have that mindset you I, know <laughs> no i think she is out there in those upper east side streets doing the same exact stuff game of thrones she's doing now oh my god i don't think she changed i think that she just got cameras with New but York. it's like what makes her great also the fact that she has an aunt named cookie Loves. nothing makes more sense to me in my life 100 <laughs> let's get into specifics so i love with jill that we started the season with her on the phone with Alex mm-hmm. discussing what Simon had written about her or had said about her in an article. It was a perfect season opening. Oh my gosh. There's something about New York and starting with the post that just feels so New York to right. me. It's like oh we are it's like we are about to read the paper, honey. We are gonna read the scandal. It is Jill and Bethany, a friendship we have now seen. In full form. Yes. At in the Hamptons, I believe. A at physical Jill, paper. At Jill's house, a physical paper. Rest in peace. <laughs> she is holding on by a thread. And then also, like, at the same time, we see Alex go get her paper. Yes. I don't know. It just like I was like, this opening for the season is incredible. So what happened was Simon had said something, was asked to give a comment about Jill, and he basically implied, well, he said 
that she's from Long Island and you can tell. And for anyone who watched season one, you know that Jill is sensitive about being from a certain part of Long Island. Don't know why. Haven't been there. God bless. But that was absolutely a trigger for her. (laughs) So what she did is she wink called her friend at page six and wink told her off the record that she had some thoughts about Simon and Alex and said she never hangs out with them that she implied that they were desperate or something like and that. that he drinks a lot oh yeah and which, as wow Alex pointed out there were quotes around some of those mm-hmm. things even though Joe was like she misconstrued it yeah she's a liar <laughs> she absolutely did all of that but you know what lean into it she knows it too and it's so funny to me too because when Joe gets kind of angry or like really into it her upper lip completely disappears and she already doesn't really have one to That's begin right, I never but it's just that. like such a quality about her that it's like oh when the upper lip disappears it's like oh she is on fire 100% <laughs> it just cracks me up that she got on the phone with Alex and didn't want to get on there and fight with her she clearly wanted to sort of apologize she knew she crossed the line by saying Simon drank too much and she said it's what I want to say is you hit me first I was about to say she was itching for the fight she is calling to apologize but she's also calling to say her piece and if mm-hmm. that turns into a fight so be it the upper lip is gone and she- <laughs> Alex is in hives I just, Alex is in, <laughs> in hives in her reading glasses but yeah no I loved that Bethany was there the whole time that was, it was such so, a girlfriend it moment it was so mean girls uh-huh. kind of like mean girls light yes. like your BFF over when you're on speakerphone a trend that we will see next season in a different way but just a little tease but yes and just like the bethany and jill of it all oh i made me sad well yes nostalgic nostalgic well sad we can say it. if you're listening to this podcast you know what goes down you know that maybe this this friendship is going to go through it here very mm-hmm. soon so it made it like nostalgic and very sweet to kind of see them at their peak but i love when she said jill's bed is the center of the universe and just like that friendship i don't know like they just felt like genuine best friends and it brought me a lot of joy You can tell that Bethany, you know, whether it's in her personal life beyond the show or now that there's a spotlight on her, she really needs true friends around her. And Jill is such a true friend to her. I just loved them like sitting in the bed. We spent days together on this bed. It just reminded me of being in like high school with my girlfriends and just being like, we're not leaving this house today. We're going to sit down and order takeout and watch TV and someone's weird dog is going to be sitting at the end of the bed. It j- oh. Ginger. Wow. Okay. Okay. Well, sorry. One moving. of us is an animal lover. Anyway, um, <laughs> made a face. Don't talk to, about Ginger that way. But just no. did. What are you going to do about it? Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> That's what I thought. <laughs> Ginger is kind of gross. But I mean, it was perfect. It was such a great setting. That is one of my favorite. Like if I have to think of snapshots of this season, I loved like Bethany and Jill, like hanging out in bed together in the Hamptons as Jill is like hosting her. I just, I loved it so much. And it also like, you know, the sign of a true friendship is kind of when you have a best friend and then the parents get involved in a way. Oh my god! And of course, Bethany, as we have seen as a character, is this person who has really been rootless in her life in terms of parental figures, you know, with a father and with a mother. So it was so nice to see Gloria visiting them in the Hamptons. And really, it's just amazing. Jill's mom just taking Bethany under her wing. And Gloria's just like funny anyways, when she was like talking about giving up the ring that looks stunning. And I can't remember exactly what, like, what did Jill say? Like her mom got it from her, whatever. Close your eyes and pull out your finger. Yeah, I mean, if I had a nickel, uh, but like she was like, my mom got it from her archive, like oh, something like yeah. that. And I was like, oh, a wealth. Well, um, also, be when her wealth. mom was like, you know why I'm giving it to? You? I'm allergic to 14 karat gold. Ha <laughs> ha. I was like, okay. But then just in the scene with Gloria and Bethany and her, just like 
really taking her in oh. and kind of mothering her and Glor- and Bethany being like, Gloria's like the mafia. Once you're in, I don't think you can get out. And like <laughs> but her like being so happy about that yeah. to have that figure in her life. I don't know. It's just really touching to me and the sign of like a friendship that extends past the cameras. Yeah. I think we both are lucky enough in our lives to have grown up with best friends and knowing our best friends' families like yeah. that. So when Bethany is sitting down with Gloria getting life advice from her, I was getting emotional. And then when Bethany cries at the end of that, she gets emotional. I mean, Bethany talking to Gloria about her life and just this little snippet that Gloria says to Bethany and I have to tell you life goes like a minute and then the minute becomes seconds when I turn around it's Passover and then I turn around and it's Yom Kippur she says it that way and then I turn around (laughs) it's Passover I have no idea what the months are or I am surrounded by a sea of illness wherever I turn and she's just basically saying you know enjoy life because it goes by so quickly and not to just be working all the time, that she should really take stock of her personal life and tells her, you know, you're too lovely to be a tortured soul. At the end of the day, it's a lot of crap and you just can't te- change the past. And then my favorite part of that, like the perfect button was saying to her, she says to her, you're, Bethany says, you're so sweet. And she goes, I'm not sweet. I I mean, she's really just <laughs> truly like that mother. And yeah. I loved seeing where Jill comes from, you know, the good and the bad. Yes. You know? And you know what I think about too with like the friendships and the, I don't know if you do this or if any of you listeners do this, but I think about growing up and best friends that I have had. And I'm always curious, like say one of my best friends has like five siblings, so that's a lot, or two siblings or three. I always wonder like their parents, when they think of their children and they think of like of all my children, who is the best friend that stands out to me? I wonder. Aww. I don't know like if I think of my mom I wonder when she thinks of my brother and I and all of our friends like who's the best friend that stands out to her between each of us and I I don't know I think that's like fun and I feel like for Gloria in this moment she was like Joe has Bethany so she's good totally oh that's so sweet you're making me emotional <laughs> I just loved it it was it just was one of another reason that I think Jill was such a perfect housewife this season again for good and bad yeah yeah you know Jill this season overall she it's interesting because I feel like she had such a role in season one that I do think for For me, it was like a little scaled back this season. And for good reason. Like, you know, if you have someone who's always in the mix, it can grow exhausting. But I feel like she was in the mix in a way this season that wasn't too, too much, if that makes sense. I feel like she wasn't afraid to take a backseat to some of the other rivalries like Bethany versus Kelly or whatnot. But while still dipping her toe and making sure she comes at Ramona on the tennis court. 100%. (laughs) And having commentary on everything. Everything. And and I feel like the best way, (laughs) one of the best way to describe Jill for me and it cracks me up and Bethany said it best. Yes, I know what you're going to say. When Jill misses the Luann and Ramona fight, which we'll get to later, (laughs) Bethany said, Jill missed the whole thing, which could be the worst thing that could ever happen to Jill. (laughs) So perfect. You don't need to know anything else about Jill. You know who that woman is. It is so good. I identify as a Jill and I absolutely 1000% would have been devastated if I missed a fight like that. Devastated because then Jill can't properly give her commentary even though she still will. She still will. (laughs) She'll still act like she was there more to talk about in the reunion. She will still have a full opinion. I mean even her like whenever she was talking to Ramona about the new housewife Kelly which again we'll get to but she says what did you guys talk about? Was she warm and friendly? And Ramona's like I don't know. Like She She just just, has to know everything. It didn't. I didn't even clock it when she was asking those questions that that was weird to me i i fully did i under i didn't i also identify as a joe but i'm a little more subtle i like to think okay then you're not a jill (laughs) there's no subtlety here that's fair that's fair that's fair i think we need to talk about jill and ramona let's talk about it okay it was like a continuation of their season one rivalry i love you know truly giving the children what they need feeding us 
keeping us fed, keeping us, our crops are watered, our grades are up with the <laughs> tennis match. I love stuff like that. Same. And just as a storyteller, yes. stuff like that that can be a set piece that comes around. So like it was such a big thing in the first season to, so to have the anticipation of the tennis match for this season. I don't know. I just really loved that Same. and how it all kind of played out. And it's so funny because, you know, Jill and Ramona, I think they're – at their heart, you know, they both are the center apples. And I think they know that they're each queen bees in their own right. Mm -hmm. So it's that age old housewives tale of like, who is the ultimate queen bee? And I feel like how that presents itself is on the tennis court for these ladies. 100%. <laughs> I mean, they're also both like old school New York. I mean, I don't know if Jill worked her way up. I feel like she did come from money. Ramona certainly didn't. And so there's just definitely a difference in the way that they both move around society, the way that they're both perceived in society and the way that they both have like assert their queen Venus. And it really came to a head. So let's talk about the tennis match. So last season there was a rivalry between Jill and Ramona and they were supposed to be playing this tennis match. There was drama because Ramona kept harassing Jill about playing. Jill ends up winning the match. Ramona was harassed by her husband, Mario, on the sidelines, humiliated. And Ramona looking wrong or looking stupid is her number one fear in life. <laughs> so she panicked. This season, Mario, who is a very skilled tennis player, and Ramona challenged Jill to get on the court with them and sort of settle all their differences. Jill didn't really want to do it, but there was a lot of back and forth. And Mario, who desperately wanted attention and desperately wanted to be a house. Like really pulling a slade here he was like Jill like let's get on the court let's settle this once and for all and so in a perfect perfect set piece of low stakes drama everyone comes out to watch this tennis match and Jill brings out her guest star the person who's going to play tennis with her which was a big storyline like who's going to play with Jill to beat Mario and Ramona she was trying to find a professional like right. she M Mario Roger Federer professional Mario which uh Jill and her anytime she says the same, Mario. 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 We have to Mario. talk about it. We have to talk about Mario. Uh, Mario was the trying power. to set me up with a tennis player he wanted. Like, you know. <laughs> so she was getting her own tennis person, and that person fell through, which then led to... Her bringing Mr. Simon out, as in Alex's husband. Brilliant idea, Bethany. And really, it was Bethany, because Bethany was sort of like, I always lead with humor. And because Jill was going to be humiliated at this tennis match, it was going to be not only humiliating, but worst of all, weird. Mm -hmm. I mean, why is she there? And also, even if she had a pro with her, it would have been weird. So beating them with humor, it doesn't matter if Mario and Ramona won, they would still look like idiots. And it, it was incredible. Once Jill knew she could get under Ramona's skin by bringing Simon, she was so game. She was like, professional who? I don't know her. Right. She's like, I'll <laughs> I don't care. And I don't care. One thing I wanted to ask you yes. is, do you think the intensity with which Jill was against Mario setting someone up for her to play with? Like, what did you think about all that? Did you think Jill was completely justified? Do you think she took it a step too far? Because it was like, we saw it a lot this season and they kind of got heated at various points over it too. I personally think it had nothing to do with the actual issue that they were verbally talking about. Does it I, ever? I think honestly though, but <laughs> this is a perfect example. You're so right. Mario felt like Jill was more beloved or coming across less crazy, coming across more as a fan favorite. And he really wanted to humiliate her, dash put her in her place. And so I think that's why he was sort of harassing her. He knew that this was going to be a way to get a lot of airtime, first of all. And also I think he knew it was a way to make Ramona look good and Jill kind of look like a busybody who always talks too much, whatever. He wanted to get back at her. He knew that he couldn't do it in the society way because Jill is a 
effing queen and she would be fine on her own. You can't dent Jill's reputation. But he wanted to do something on camera to her and he threw a fit at that page six party. Looked like an absolute idiot. I don't know. I think that that was what it was about. Airtime and making her look dumb in the way that he knew he could. Yeah, I think for me it was like maybe less about making her look dumb. I think I focused in on like certainly trying to elevate his wife, like giving her the redemption arc he felt she deserved, being the dutiful husband in that way. Shut up. You really think that? Well, I think that was, I think both, but that's what I honed in on more. Okay. It's like he wanted, he wanted Ramona redeemed a little bit, you know, and he was going, you know, coming in on his white horse for his wife. And I don't know, like to me, I didn't, I don't know that I honed in as much on him wanting to embarrass Jill. I certainly think there's obviously an element of that because he and Ramona especially were, was embarrassed the year before. I don't know. But part of me is also like maybe he just wants to play a tennis match. Who's to say? I can agree with you in that I feel like he wanted Ramona to be sort of justified in everything that happened last season. But I think it's because he hears about it nonstop at home. So For it was sure. really a the selfish thing. The man knows no peace, I'm yes. certain. The man knows no peace. <laughs> They're perfect. And perfect I compromise. Think, I think it also, you know, extends past the tennis as we also saw this season. And a moment that I thought was really interesting, and I'm curious to hear your thoughts on, with Ramona versus Jill when it comes to the charity. I must say, and this is, whenever they are debating, so they all are working on a charity together this season, and it's like, culminates in the finale, and it's a big thing, and they are kind of hashing out the ins and outs, and they're talking about who, what brands and what companies are going to be on the step and repeat. And Jill kind of under her breath says that like, Oh, Zarin fabrics is going to be on the step and repeat to which Ramona was like, no, they're not. That is, I believe she says, putting yourself, when you're running a charity and putting yourself on the step and repeat to get that promo is very day class A. And it's funny because when Ramona said that, I was like, okay, that makes sense to me. Because to me, it's kind of like, if you are, you know, running an organization and then some of the proceeds of that goes into your own pocket. Like, I feel like that's the angle she was coming from. So I was like, okay, that makes sense. And they get heated over it though. So clearly all their issues, issues are coming to the surface. And I think also for Ramona, it was like that minute she found out that Zarin Fabrics was going to be on the wall. She was like, oh, absolutely not. If I'm not on the wall, no one's on the wall. No one's on the wall. So they were just like, and it was so funny because you see Bethany and Luann and even (laughs) Kelly just all like, being like what and Alex I think was there at this point she comes late but all of them are just bewildered they're like this is not about us (laughs) it's so clash of the titans it was so funny but like I understood I understood both points but I actually did understand where Ramona was coming from which surprised me a little bit I agree with you I I mean I I can totally see why it would be day class a but also that's so Ramona it's none of your damn business because also if bethany was in that position which she sort of was sneakily the signage honey mm, if Mm. bethany was in that position she would have said the same thing but bethany had already secured her bag she had secured her spot (laughs) her 800 posters quiet as a church mouse which we all know there is many things that bethany is and quiet is not one no absolutely not so yeah when she was quiet i was even i was like hmm suspicious because i forgot what this whole thing was (laughs) but to me again clash of the titans it's them old new york you do things my way no you do things my way and jill takes her charities so seriously but has so many of them and i think ramona in some ways and especially in that aspect is jealous of jill and can't top that and i think that this was sort of a way 
you know, she wanted PR, obviously, but also a way to dig at Jill and to make her look bad on camera because she didn't have to say that, you know? Yeah, they have such a, like, a push-pull, you know? Like, Ramona even says herself at a certain point in the season, uh, in regards to Jill, she was like, to know her is to love her and to love her is to hate her. (laughs) And I feel like that sums up their dynamic to a T. Should we talk about Ramona? Yeah, let's talk about Ramona. Let's talk about Ramona. You know, I felt, it's interesting that she got center Apple to me because... Sometimes I feel like you get center apple for work that you did in the prior season. Sometimes, really? Sometimes, yes. I feel like we may not air this, but I feel like Salt Lake season two is a great example of that. Heather oh, had center yeah, snowflake, and I think it's because the work she did in the first season. But yeah, really, because to me, Ramona wasn't super, super in the mix this season no. like she was last season. Last season, she definitely put in work for better or worse. Uh-huh. So I feel like both she and Jill did last season, and I feel like we saw them be both be center Apple this year. Yeah. So I think sometimes it depends. It depends on the franchise too. Cause like poor Atlanta, they never put much credence into who is, has the peach and in the center. Like it's, it's a problem low key, mm-hmm. but yeah. So I thought Ramona kind of faded for me a little bit. I agree. I think she did a good job of picking dumb fights with everyone and it was just annoying. And this is a continuation of what we're going to see with Ramona forever. She is like a gnat. You cannot get rid of her cockroach gnat. Mosquito, you pick a bug. She just will not uh, no stop. Bug. I don't no wanna, bug. I don't want to. I don't want. I don't want it. I'm sorry. I got bitten by mosquitoes this week, and I have PTSD. <laughs> Fresh on the brain. Fresh on the brain. Fresh on the arm. But no, I just think that she's just a mean girl. She's she's a bully. Like yeah. she literally is. Like raise your hand if you've ever been victimized by Regina. Jo- literally, she is her. Both hands are up. Both hands are. Both hands are up. <laughs> I just think she's so mean and she picks fights with people. And I think she was still finding her place in the show. I think that her confidence was shook because of how popular a lot of the other women were. She was obviously popular, popular enough to be brought back. She, I wouldn't say was a fan favorite at this point. And I think she has to be the favorite. She has to be the standout. She has to be the leader in order to be comfortable. And you're not going to be any of those things in this group of women. No one is really because it's just a bunch of alphas. Yeah. Ramona is super interesting. And I, my brain almost can't even like break it down because if I think too hard about Ramona, like I just go a million different places. You know, sometimes she... I don't know. Her, I feel like her story this season was lacking. I feel like she didn't really have it. She was just like, you know, quietly in other places. But like you said, doing enough to still be like relevant, just not super, super in the mix. One thing that I thought <laughs> was hilarious is at one point, Ramona, they're at an event and Kelly comes alone and Ramona clocks that and she was like, it just takes so much courage. And I was just <laughs> like, oh my, this woman who's been married for years and years and years. Like it was just so funny to me that that is like also this woman who's grown up in an abusive household and that's what she feels like takes courage right you know it's interesting but I guess that in a sense can relate to independence though which is like a big thing for her in a way which I respect and I think that that's something that we really saw again a lot of this season her really like leaning into her brands I mean the beginning of the skincare. Oh my God. It's like the book of Genesis. It just never ends. Lord Jesus, help us. I was like, oh, Amen. I didn't realize this happened so early. Yes. <laughs> Amen. Please help us. I appreciate her doing that. I appreciate her relationship with Avery when she was recording something to be oh on goodness. HSN Home Shopping Network. Why would they ever have Ramona on home? I literally can't think of a worse person in all of Housewives history, in all of television, to be on television. She's a loose cannon. She's completely crazy. Like, 
Kelly would do a better job of being on that show, and that's saying a lot. I I, I don't know if I can co-sign that, but I hear it. She. Oh my God, no! I, I'm a little triggered at the thought. thought. I, I'm sorry, yeah, because that actually would happen. That's a very good point. But I really liked when she was filming with Avery, her daughter, and Mario <laughs> was filming them, and she was getting all nervous. Ramona really doesn't get that nervous around people, and her nervous reaction is usually aggression or being mean, cutting to the white meat, going straight to the artery. But with Avery, it's her daughter. It's her favorite person, and Avery's just sitting there judging her staring at her with her blank face and she's like i'm getting so nervous in front of you and avery literally doesn't even say anything she doesn't say don't worry mom you're doing a god good job she says nothing she gets it honestly she get, honestly <laughs> she does she knew before all of us apple didn't fall far from the tree <laughs> i love her I, I love that relationship it's one of the few like things about ramoni that i really she appreciate. desperately needs it it's what grounds her yes. i mean she isn't grounded at all but for what little bit she might have it it's because of avery totally Okay, so we talked about Ramona versus Jill already. I feel like we should talk about Ramona and Luann. Oh, my God. Okay. Okay. One, Ooh, a moment a that journey. sticks out to me, and we'll talk more about it when we get to our reunion segment later, but the core moment within the season was when, you know, Ramona came to help Luann volunteer at the, can- is it the Cancer Society? It's like a, a home for people who are getting treatments, I believe, yeah. in, in New York. Yeah. And you know, they are making salads and doing all the things to prep and they start to get in this little back and forth, you know, and it starts with Bethany really and talking about Bethany dating and putting herself out there and Ramona giving tips from her Cosmo magazines two decades ago, uh, (laughs) her articles. (laughs) And, you know, basically Ramona and Luann kind of disagree on, you know, the method of dating. And Luann kind of takes a dig at Ramona when Ramona's like, oh yeah, you should, don't be afraid to take a guy's number. That way you can call him on your terms and don't be afraid to do multiple dates and, you know, put yourself out there. And Luann's like, oh, I wouldn't do that. Multiple <laughs> dates. You don't want to be known as that girl. Like, like she didn't say exactly that, but that is what she was saying. Countess. So Ramona... Of course, like no stone unturned (laughs) has to take a dig back. And all of this is happening with Luann and Luann's daughter, oldest child, Victoria, is also there. And Ramona says something to the effect of, I don't know if you have the quote, but Ramona says something to the effect of, you know, what would you know about, you know, dating? You married someone at 22 who was twice your age. And Luana was like, he wasn't twice my age. Like, what are you talking about? And Ramona's, are, are you saying that he's an old, I don't know who says old guy first, but my Lanta doesn't send it in a place. And they have this really terse conversation. And Luann points out that she doesn't appreciate Ramona calling her husband an old man in front of their child. Child, which I thought was, I mean, it's what she could grab, but I did think that was valid. I think having the conversation in front of Victoria does put a slightly different spin on it because she's only 13, but it was really just those two taking jabs at each other. We like, we know what was happening. It was so great because in my opinion, it had nothing to do with Victoria, even though Luann at this point on the show is a very involved parent. Well, a downgrade that, sorry, an involved parent. But to me, I think that it was embarrassing for Luann the way that Ramona said it. And also, I'm sorry, like we've seen Alex. He doesn't look like a young man. I wouldn't say twice her age, but... There was something there where it was a disrespect thing. For sure. And I think it had so little to do with Victoria. And that's why I love Luann. Because she will grab at whatever is near. You Low can't say that in front fruit. of my daughter. And she was like, well, he's old. I mean, Ramona's like, he looks old. What do you want me to say? Even if it wasn't about Victoria, though, I do think 
personally, it was disrespectful of Ramona to kind of go at her about Victoria's dad. And I did think it was disrespectful for Ramona to do that in front of Victoria, personally. I thought it was fine. I don't know. Like, I thought it was inappropriate to do in front of Victoria. Do I agree Luann grabbed that first because it was the easiest thing? Absolutely. I get that. I think that maybe I am making excuses because it's Ramona and she's nuts. It maybe if Bethany had said that, Jill had said that, I would have been gasping. But I think because it's Ramona, I was like, oh yeah, that checks out. And also she's dumb and it's disrespectful, whatever. But you're right. Also Victoria saying nothing. And also all of these women in the back, they think they were preparing a meal for the people who were staying at the home who were presumably getting treatments for cancer. putting a half a cup of olive oil into something. God, always under seasoning, always putting olive oil somewhere it doesn't need to be. Skinny girl. Oh my God, don't. Not yet. Oh, <laughs> triggered. But no, I think that that whole scene was just a power struggle between Luann and Ramona. And I think that Ramona was starting to feel Luann get extra countessy. Oh, and she cannot stand people thinking that they're better than her. Not just Ramona, too. And really the whole season, if there's a theme, it is all of them having a power struggle. Right. Which is why I love a season two. Fair, but I don't think that. That happens in every season too. But oh, it does. Yeah. Okay. Oh my gosh. One more Ramona thing to Go mention ahead. is I thought it was very interesting and just like, oh my goodness, sir, be a little subtle when <laughs> Mario and Ramona are oh. having a lunch and this woman walks by and he is so clearly like the camera catches him perfectly checking her out as Ramona is mid sentence and then Ramona got wine poured on her. So I mean, you know, God gives with both hands sometimes. <laughs> Eyes went straight to that woman's ass. I mean, literally. With a smile on his face. Oh, my God. I forgot that Mario was this weird so early. I know that this is a running theme for me to be like, I forgot this happened so early. But he... He wasn't so bad for me until later on, and he was already a bad. I mean, attacking Jill at that page six party, yelling at her, knowing he was going to get photographed and it was going to be whatever. I What I got from that was Jill yelling at her bodyguard, kick his ass, Wayne. <laughs> Don't shake his hand. Kick his ass. <laughs> so good. But yeah, and just the Ramona bullying Simon and Alex stuff. I mean... Clearly, she just thinks that they're weird and doesn't want them around. And that's textbook mean girl behavior. I had to deal with that growing up where someone just thought that I was weird or didn't fit in. And so they were mean and just didn't want me at, you know, in line of sight. And I just was like, oh, okay, so you're one of those, Ramona, even though she's the weird girl, if we're being honest here. So that was the only stuff for me with Ramona. And so the train of Ramona keeps on turning. Sure does. Yep. Should we talk about Luann? Let's talk about Luann. Okay. I, you know, Luann's story this season is interesting. I'm going to mention one little tidbit from the reunion, but we'll deep dive once we get to the reunion. But in, you know, between the season airing and the reunion, it's announced that Luann has separated from the Count. She and Alex have separated and are going to get a divorce. <laughs> the Count, I know. I know. Uh, Sesame Street. <laughs> I know. Sesame Street. Yeah. They are separated and going to get a divorce. So I, it's so interesting to then go back and look at the season through that lens, because I feel like Luann was doing her normal shtick. She was being a countess. She was being charitable. She was being a mother. She was being a woman of the town. And she's writing um, a class with the countess book on etiquette. An author, honey. (laughs) You know? And she was just giving a lot of what she gave last season. A thing I actually really love about Real Housewives is just getting little pieces of these ladies lives and their histories like you know all of last season at least I don't remember it was never mentioned but when Luann this season talked about her dad passing away from cancer like I like just getting 
And like, for instance, there in a recent season of Beverly Hills, there's like a, a story that Kyle shares and like Kyle has been on that show for over a decade. Mm-hmm. And I had that little nugget I'd never heard. So like it's little things like that. The fact that we can watch these women for over a decade and still get pieces of their lives and who they are. I don't know. I just really love that. So I loved her sharing Same. that with us and, you know, being with her mom and and deepening her character, so to speak, in that way think the countess character i mean it's it's who she is but she really leans into it and like you were saying about certain people in season two she knew exactly what to play to she was going through this internal struggle with her marriage and the way she was looking and being humiliated so i think she was like i really need to make this character this public facing person like a very very palatable thing that people can remember me by and she did it i mean for all intents and purposes her detriment at times i know, agree <laughs> i mean because she is delusional and that's my favorite thing about her at a certain point in the season, I was like, oh, this is a rough season for Luann. Yeah. And I think looking back, it makes sense because clearly she's going through something in her marriage. Whenever oh. they are watching Victoria ride her horse and competing mm-hmm. and <laughs> Luann's talking to Kelly and says she, you know, you don't have to worry about your husband anymore, lucky bitch. And that, like <laughs> little things like that. You can just yeah. tell. And she said it funny, but she was angry in that moment because Alex hadn't shown up yet to the competition. Alex to count her husband. Uh, yes. Great specification. Uh, Alex McCord, always getting into Matt. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> and also her, when she is volunteering, this is, I when I think of early season Luann, I always flash to this moment. <laughs> when she is volunteering with those young girls. I'm ready for and- <laughs> I'm so ready for it's so bad. We, I shouldn't be laughing. It's like one of those things that's so bad, it's good that it's bad again. Like, and sh- they're talking about like, what do you want to be when you grow up? And someone says like a babysitter, and someone says a, a I don't know an astronaut. Who's to say? And then one of the little girls says she wants to be a model, and Twitch Luann looks at her and says, are you tall? And the little girls stand, and they're probably like 10 to 14-ish. Pre-teens. Yes, and the girl stands up, and (laughs) Luann goes, and you said, how old were you? Uh, And she says her age, and Luann's like, oh, you have plenty of time. You have plenty of time to grow, and you have a beautiful face, And, and you know what? losing weight is easy that's the easy part you have the basics and she's looking at the other woman she's volunteering with who clearly does not want any part of it and it's just like such a luann thing where she thinks she is like she is god's gift honey to the charitable world and giving back and then she says stuff like this that to her is like so genuinely she thinks it's helpful and i'm just like luann she has no idea i was gasping for breath she she do- I just she genuinely doesn't know because I like to think that the countess really does like to do charitable acts and that it's not just for show. I just think that who she is really just bleeds into everything. Bleeds. Like, doesn't she say something? I don't remember if it was this because she did several charity volunteering situations this season. One of them she's talking about like, oh, what do you like about yourself? And I like that I'm likable. Was that her? Oh, like, yes. Was that the same event? I might have been the same event. And you're just like, what? And then, I mean, also like the Luann, not that this was a charity event, but when she, <laughs> when she's talking with Victoria's friends, and I think that they're at like a horse show. I don't know. Everyone mm-hmm. was at a damn 
Panton's horse show. I'm sick of it. She is like teaching them the etiquette. Yes, mm-hmm. because some of the girls find out that she is um, doing like a Miss Ma- Modern Miss Manners book. You know, I'm sure none of them wanted to ask her about it, but I'm sure they were prompted to. They asked and she's giving, you know, the girls lessons. One of the girls asked, you know, should I pre-cut my food? And she was like, no. Like so judgy. It's like, why did you act like these girls could ask you whatever? And then she says. I feel like it says something about my femme ass and just like the aspirational femdom in me of being like, I kind of wanted to be there. <laughs> and that is where you and I are different. I would have like flipped the table. Teresa, absolutely. Oh, coming soon. But no, I think that for her, that whole scene of like, eat a lot of bread so you don't look like, you know, like you have an eating disorder to a bunch of teenagers, preteens actually, mm-hmm. who in the, I mean, to her, I'm sure she's like, I wish that someone told me this when I was a young girl. Mm. And then she tells these girls this. It's just quintessential Luann clearly she just doesn't know I mean this also carries over into advice that she gives to Miss Bethany when they have lunch when Bethany is confronting Luann in that same dinner where Ramona calls Luann's husband old and twice her age I mean the inciting incident was Luann asking immediately after Bethany says oh you know I got the front cover of uh, this magazine I don't remember what the hell the magazine was and Luann asks immediately like are they going to retouch the photos (laughs) and in my mind, oh, that's a Luann thing. Bethany was so offended, so much so that she took her to a lunch. And this is the kind of low stakes shit that I live for. Luann takes it upon herself, you know, after she apologizes to Bethany, honey, I was happy for you. I would have never wanted that for you. I was a model myself. I did catalog modeling. We hear this 800 million damn times. And then she's giving Bethany unwarranted dating advice and essentially is just so anti-feminist I literally can't even tell you it was like we were watching a 1920s movie and she says to Bethany you want to be the damsel a little bit in distress guys love that I mean there's so many other things that she says that was the thing that stuck out to me where she's just giving Bethany advice basically like act dumb don't be yourself act like you need them and it's like well why do you think you're in this situation with your husband if you weren't being yourself the entire time and we'll see Luann go on a journey any fan of New York knows there are many evolutions of Luann and it's a joy to watch right and you know we're seeing the first bump though this year and like kind of her a change obviously and I'm excited to like see where that goes in season three do you think that this is the end of version one of Luann that's a good question I I can't say for certain obviously this is the end of some version of her because you know going into season three she will be a single woman but I think in season three if I remember correctly not to get too into that it's like there's going to be a part of her that really latches on to holding on to that identity before yeah. she fully transitions totally but we'll, we'll get into that in future episodes. Yeah. Okay, should we jump to Bethany? Let's jump to Bethany. I feel like we mentioned her a lot already. We have mentioned her a lot. So Bethany, this season, was in tune with last year, is the woman who's trying to decide if she can have it all. She is kind of growing her business, really making like big leaps in her business with the skinny girl margarita and the baked goods. And we're really seeing her advance in her career But to her, it's like, at what cost in terms of a relationship? And eventually, as we all know, she really wants to have a baby at some point. So I feel like we are really seeing her put on different hats and questioning what is within her reach. I am so surprised at how quickly she got what she was looking for. I mean, because a lot of women do experience some type of success from the show. A lot of housewives with their little businesses. This wasn't a little business to Bethany. Like, this was her life. She was going to pour everything into it. And you can see already. I mean... (laughs) 
I don't know what got you about poor. Like, um, a, like skinny girl. Like, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> I was like, what? Like a heavy poor. Oh, I thought you were. Okay. Mm-hmm. Moving on. <laughs> to me, I mean, you even see her. I mean, when she was at that store in the Ham, was it the Hamptons? Sorry. Oh, <laughs> I don't know if it was in the Hamptons, but I know what you're talking. I actually had to go somewhere to go to it because it was like a sponsorship thing. So with Bethany, I mean, you see her going to grocery stores, trying to like give away her like vegan cupcakes and things like that. Good for you, girl. And no one wants them. She's literally like, someone goes, do you know where the rotisserie chicken is? She's like, I don't know. I think it's the end of the store. She really puts herself out there business wise. She's killing it. She's successful, but she's still the Bethany that we know from season one. Still hilarious, still very biting, very honest with people. But, you know, her business is her number one. And we're seeing her go on dates, which, you oh, know, yeah, that's right. You know, for the first first time, it's well, not for the first time, but we're seeing her go on dates and she goes on a date with a chef and it goes really well. And y'all know I have this fantasy of leaving my life sometimes and marrying a rich rancher, moving to Montana. And for the first time, I was like, oh, and he also needs to cook on the side. <laughs> right. Like that just feels like the way to go. He also needs to be a chef at a very expensive restaurant. Got I mean, it. Okay. Absolutely. But still like at home cooking for me. <laughs> Don't get it twisted. <laughs> so it was nice to, to see her kind of juggling all of that while you know as we've already talked about growing her friendship with Jill and just giving her like zingers and her funny one-liners when she's talking about Luann <laughs> and she was like that's that's discountess I was like she's so clever and I really love the moment where in this season she is photographed for Social Life magazine and there's it's supposed to be like a spread which she's very excited about and the photographer or like the editor-in-chief of the magazine comes to tell her that she's actually going to get the cover and there was something so special about that. Yeah, I, agree. I think it's A, that woman's delivery gave her an Emmy nod. Yes. You know, best guest actor. No, because she was like, <laughs> she just like looks over her shoulder and she was like, I'm giving you the cover. And it was just like so sweet. It was cute. And it meant a lot to Bethany, you can tell, because she's not the cover girl like a lot of the other women. And I agree with you. It was surprisingly touching. In my mind, I was like, okay, she got the cover. I remember this. But I was touched by it. I thought it was great. It was really sweet. I also love that everyone. <laughs> Her being annoyed at everybody trying to like set her up or acting like she doesn't want to date. Everyone thinks that I'm Shrek when she called herself Shrek. I there was so many least, hilarious Bethany lines. At least lines. call yourself Fiona, honey. <laughs> I loved whenever she and Brad were talking about Jill's boobs. Oh And my God. Brad was like, "I just want to know." And Bethany was like, "Where the baby is? You're breastfeeding." <laughs> just so like stuff like that just makes her so funny. But then she drops in, like she's with the emotional. Like she's not afraid to show us what she's going through when she talks about how she doesn't want to be alone on a Sunday night. Yeah, you know, like she wants to find a person and and have the kid and have the career like I don't know and I think that is what's so endearing about her I mean there are certainly times where I get a little annoyed with her <laughs> and I feel like I can say that because totally. she's one of my faves but every once in a while I'm like okay Bethany we get it just like take a breath half a Xanax maybe who like just, just a, little, a nugget just, yes <laughs> just a little something but it's like this is to the credit of all the New York housewives and I think this is why New York is so good is like they really let us in and I appreciate that so much what annoyed me with her, I mean, I agree with you, but I, what annoyed me with her was seeing early Bethany of getting in people's business, like Jill, but in a different way, with Ramona's business when she was like, you have three products. No, you have to pick one brand. And it's like, that's so rude. I it's just, so rude. I just flashed. I got to say it. It's a little bit of a spoiler. What When you saying that literally takes me to a place where I get a little hot over a scene that we will see in the future and <gasps> dissect at length between her and Sonia. It's oh one of my, my God. it's one of my least favorite Bethany moments of all time. It's horrible. It's horrible. It's, it's terrible. Bad Bethany. I say that it's as a Bethany, Bethany. stand. It's 
hard day to be a Bethany stand. We day. will get there in a few, uh, quite a few episodes. Quite a few. Um, but yeah, it's like I, you were totally right. Unsolicited advice. And the thing with her that's frustrating is like, is you know this is something that is a theme with a lot of <laughs> housewives on these shows. It's like just because you name it and know you're being a problem and know that you are giving unsolicited advice doesn't negate the fact that you shouldn't be doing it. Right. <laughs> you know she'll it's be the first pass. one to be like, "I'm giving this advice. I know she didn't ask for it, but like that's not a pass." Yeah. Drives me a little crazy. Also, her naturally thin book. Should we talk about it? Talk didn't about age it. well. Mention it. <laughs> I mean, a skinny her whole, girl. Her whole brand. I mean, key. yeah. I, I to me, I've always been like, get a, like, who cares about her brand? And she doesn't really mean that. But there are a couple of comments about early iterations of the drawing of her for Skinny Girl before she had like a real brand manager, or whatever. And the model has like some th- weirdly thick thighs. Yeah, d- you know, not the most proportioned. No. Yeah. You know? For and, and saying that, mean like have the thick thighs, honey. If you yeah. could see my thighs right now, you'd be like, girl. Same. Ooh. But but it was like the drawing just was not to scale no and it was confusing and it was fi- i mean obviously nothing to do with the thighs but everything to do with bethany's reaction of saying like oh you know she's fat thighs and making weird comments about it then having a brand called skinny girl thick thighs save lives <laughs> that's my brand <laughs> margarita coming this fall yeah. just kidding spring september oh mm. my god spring september <laughs> Oh my gosh, wow, didn't expect that today. But no, I think that with Bethany, like she just has this whole brand about being thin and skinny and not healthy. She literally is one of those early housewives who associates being healthy with being skinny. And it's very, very annoying. As she says herself, she's really picky with men and her food. Oh my God, it's so easy to be thin. Just be born with the right genetics. That's what I want to say to her. Atlanta. Atlanta. I mean, do we talk about Kelly? Kelly? Bethany got an adversary. Oh, it was beautiful. I mean, I just immediately thought when we started this, they're going to hate each other from the jump, Bethany and Kelly. But Bethany does give props to Kelly pretty early on. I mean, no, well, I think that for Bethany, she doesn't give any sort of credence to the whole socialite thing, though I think she likes to be included. Like, she wants to be invited, but she's not going. It's like, it's that thing you talk about, like, secretly wanting to, the grass is greener on the other side. She talks about as if she's above it. Right. Or below it, or whatever joke she makes that's self-deprecating, but secretly (laughs) you want to be in the party. Or at least invited to it. And I think that, you know, I'm not saying she's jealous of Kelly at all, but she gave her props. Like she was like, Kelly is a real socialite from the beginning. And she wasn't horrible to her, but she was definitely testing out her sense of humor on her. And when Kelly gave her nothing after it's revealed that they had met each other a couple of times before, a theme with Kelly, we'll talk about that in a second. But I think that Bethany sort of needed an adversary. She wasn't going to get it with Luann. She wasn't going to get it with Ramona. Not yet. She wasn't going to get it with Jill. Definitely not with Alex. And I think that Kelly was the perfect person for this. And it's a dichotomy because I do think she gave her her props. But I do also think, and this was something I didn't remember as much, but like there's an immediate wall there too. It's like Kelly, even if Kelly had came in and she was a bottle of sunshine, like there was stuff that they had to work out. Right. And Bethany let her know. And and Kelly would have had to apologize to Bethany for something she probably didn't even remember happened. And, and she was never going to do that. And as we see, though, like at first I was a little tough on Bethany because I was like, you do have a like it's ice cold over here. It is cold. It's chilly. Can a, can a bitch get some gloves? Like, <laughs> uh, But 
you know, as we see later, that wall was warranted. The yeah. wall was warranted because Kelly, like at first you don't, you aren't quite sure. Like you're hearing this stuff from Bethany, you know, there's some sort of past. Kelly isn't really mentioning it. So you're like, what does you like? Does she remember? Cause who's to say with Kelly. But then when we get to the infamous sit down and it all comes crashing down and you're like, Oh, Kelly remembers. And she is not only remembers, she is holding on to it. <laughs> <laughs> So this is an example of a scene that you will see in Housewives many a time. And it's that scene where the score drops in. Usually you see a car ride to and from, but we're in New York, so we don't have time for that. <laughs> and it's just like two housewives meeting in a neutral space to talk about their issues. And the episode is literally called Kelly versus Bethany. And that it was. Do you want to explain? This scene was so, using an overused word, iconic for so many reasons, but it was a perfect example of someone like Kelly who was insisting that she wasn't a socialite, Bethany who was insisting she didn't care about being a socialite, and both of them sort of having all of these underlying issues with each other, both taking jabs at each other in different ways, it coming to a head. And so Kelly invites Bethany to a neutral space, like Xavier said, to a very busy bar, which for small brood. I'm annoyed already. Exactly. Bethany shows up and they're going to hash it out. What happened before this was that Kelly was at a meeting for Jill's charity. Jill just assumed everyone was fine with them putting their names on the charities like invite on the board, etc. And Kelly reminds people, you know, I don't put my name on anything. And Bethany was offended for several reasons. First, because Kelly thought she was better than everyone else. Second. S- second. It's a charity. Third, she's very close with Jill's daughter, Allie, who the charity was in honor of. And I think that, I mean, but what was Bethany going to do? Make a joke that would be devastating. And she was like, who is she, Madonna? And it kills. People die laughing. And I think that it took a few minutes for Kelly to register what happened, first of all. And then Kelly was angry because there's a lot of things that you can say about Kelly, <laughs> but she cannot take a joke. It's like the Teresa effect to Teresa oh in New God. Jersey. It's Perfectly like, said. it's like she gets it's a zinger at the time you can tell she doesn't quite get it she goes home sits on it and comes in like a bull in a china shop yeah. the next day it was that or Ramona describing Bethany like a bat out of hell literally <laughs> so yeah that's the se- that's the setting for this scene and it as you would expect it goes all the way left and Kelly gives the infamous line to Bethany I am up here and you are down here okay so this next little bit that we're gonna do for you I insisted on because I think it is one of the great dramatic acts and all of housewives history and I bullied Xavier into doing this so she's trying to go for Emmy honey yes I am a theater reading as some might say thespians <laughs> God. <laughs> Take me to dinner first. Don't out me like that. <laughs> <laughs> Allie and I, both with scripts in hand, are walking into a building. Cool, crisp air hits our faces. We round the corner and we see a fellow thin lipper, not Jill Zarin, <laughs> but that of Reba McIntyre. Yes, we are auditioning for Malibu Country. Who will be the Heather? Who will be the Alexis? I guess we'll see. <laughs> God, I'm the Alexis. Spoiler alert. I may be married to a plastic surgeon, but I'm 98% real. Um. My body, my acting skills, it's sinful. 
A plus plus. Okay, so we are going to do a dramatic reading of the scene between Bethany and Kelly in the bar. I shall be playing Bethany Frankel. And I shall be playing Kelly Ben Simone. Looks like I'm going to be the straight man for once. (laughs) Somebody had to do it. (laughs) We wanted to bring you guys into this moment. We just had to. Here we go. Hi. Hi. How are you? Um, Thanks for coming and meeting with me. Thank you. I've been waiting like half an hour. Really? That's too bad. Listen, I just want to make something perfectly clear with you so that we're on the same page. We're not friends. Correct. Okay, so your attitude is for kids. You want to play with me? You come up to me. I don't go down to you. Excuse me? I don't do anything that you want me to do. (laughs) Honestly, Bethany? I don't do anything that you want me to do. You know what? Honestly? I'm waiting to hear what you invited me here to say. I will not indulge you on this, okay? We don't come... We're not the same, okay? This is you and this is me. We don't talk. And You're I, here because why? Because I won't put up with your antics and your bullshit. It's just totally inappropriate. And I know that you think it's really cute and fun, but you embarrass yourself. And you really... I felt so badly for you because I was like, oh my God, that poor girl. You felt badly for me? We were talking about arthritis charity and you said, oh, that's so cute. You know what? I felt badly for you. You know what? The difference between you and me is that while you're busy talking, I'm busy doing things. So you need to like realize the situation. What are you busy doing? We're not friends. I don't like you. I don't think you're funny. I don't think you're charming. I don't. We are not going to be friends. We will never be friends. Correct. We won't. Okay, good. So I'm just glad that you understand that. So you invited me to just uh, to just uh, make no. yourself feel better. <laughs> no. You're up here because you're a model, because you put your name on any invitation, because you collect celebrities as friends. Oh, really? Because you're so much more fabulous, because you've and met me 10 times and you act like you've never met me before. Okay. You want to reflect back? Let's go down memory lane. Okay. You came to my house with a guy. That you flirted with the entire time. That you owned with. Oh, I flirted with your boy. Yes. With the man that's taking my picture from Wire Image. Yes. I don't think so. He's hired. He and wasn't I... hired, actually. He was my boyfriend. He came with me. Oh, he came with you? Yes. Oh, you were invited to my house? Yes, by Jenny Hilfiger. She's a friend of mine. Right. Okay, well, that's great. But, you know, Jenny has her opinion of you. And I was like, I was so disgusted by your behavior. I think it's just so inappropriate. My behavior? What? <laughs> doing what? You tell me doing what? You tell me. Well, you're making up things no, just to make no, yourself no, no, feel no. better about yourself. It's really hard to watch. Really? I'm making things up? So let's... Let- Tell me what happened yesterday. I'm really confused by the whole conversation that you and your little friend had. My little friends? Tell me. Yeah, tell me. I didn't know her. She didn't know who you were. Oh, really? Really. She's one of the few people in the world that that obviously don't know who you are. And who are you? I'm, I'm no one. Oh, so therefore it's your place in life to tell people and make fun of people when you don't even know me? I'm a stranger. I do not know you. You're not a stranger. I've met you seven times. You just, I, I'm not, I'm not famous enough for you to pay attention to. Do you know what, baby? You've met, you've I met don't me wanna, seven times. I don't, I'm not talking to you. I don't want to know you. You don't have to. You have a great life. Later. That was interesting. And then Bethany's talking head. I absolutely didn't understand it. I don't know what the purpose was. I don't know what she got out of it. I don't know why she asked me to sit down. I don't know what she ultimately wanted to say. Basically, she was a calamity. And I mean, Cal Amity. I thought that Elvis had left the building, but when I went downstairs to leave, Kelly was lurking in the doorway to give me a few more of her words of wisdom. You need to chill out. You are so inappropriate. I'm completely calm. I'm absolutely (laughs) calm. Oh my God, you're so crazy. I gotta go on a date. Bye. With your imaginary boyfriend? Okay. And scene. And scene. (laughs) 
you know, we just had to, we just had to give y'all that little treat. Little moment. To close up, Bethany, I think that we talked a lot about her relationship with Jill, but that charity event, I mean, let's talk about it. So Jill has this charity event for creaky joints. I mean, we thought almost not toothless was bad, but it's okay. Um, good charity is okay. All charities are doing good things. You know, you said um, it wrong, right? I'm kidding. Oh, I doubted the myself. Fear oh my God. God. The fear of God. Kathy Holton fear of God. That's not going to age well. Um <laughs> But to me, but to me, um, this charity event was a perfect finale for the show. It was Jill's event. <laughs> Sorry, I'm still literally laughing at homeless. Not to- I know. <laughs> okay, anyways. I have worked with the creaky and I have worked with the jointed. <laughs> <laughs> this charity is in honor of Jill's dog. Dil- excuse me. This charity is. <laughs> I'm so glad you didn't ruin your day. I quite literally just spit out my beverage. <laughs> you said, so I don't think you said Joe's dog. I, and it took me to a place. Anywho, continue. Just creaky joints. Uh, <laughs> I've worked with the creaky. I, I've worked with the jointed. Okay, I'm so sorry. We can take it after I've worked with the je- creaky and I've worked with the <laughs> Jeepers creepers. Jeepers creepers. Okay, so um, this charity event was in honor of Jill's dog. Jill do- <laughs> I swear to God, you did it the first time too. I, I keep saying Jill's daughters, but I'm trying to say Jill's, Jill's daughter. Dog. Sounds like no. Jill's dog. <laughs> Sorry. This is about ginger. Please say it's not about ginger. It's about ginger. But to me, this charity event was a perfect finale for the show. So this charity event was in honor of Allie, who's Jill's daughter, and she suffered with childhood arthritis. But of course, it becomes all about the women. And like we said with Jill and the step and repeat, she was all about space and selling things and got a bunch of vendors so that she could raise money for the charity event. Ramona immediately comes in like a bat out of hell, as she famously says about Bethany. Bethany. Um, She literally is a bat out of hell. That is Ramona. That's a perfect descriptor for her. But she comes in and she points out to Jill as they're setting up the event. Look how much space Bethany got. (laughs) Bethany, so messy. And also, Bethany did get a lot of space. We do have to say that. There there was a lot going on. But I understood her reasoning when she explained. Like, Bethany herself, skinny girl, only had one, right? The rest of it was the other alcohol, which I imagine if, like, they're. I don't, I know nothing about this, mm-hmm. but I imagine if they're like helping you get the alcohol, like, of course they're going to put up their sign. Totally. I mean, as someone who knows a lot about alcohol, um, I, <laughs> uh, martini, um, martinis are, um, but as someone who, I'm just kidding. Sorry. <laughs> blue, who, blue cheese stuffed olive martinis. Question oh my mark. God. Ew. You're like, no, thank you. No, too much going on in there. Cheese and water. I have a friend who's also like cheese and a martini. Excuse me. No, I could, I could get down with an olive every once in a while, but with blue cheese in it, that's a snack, honey. That doesn't belong in water. <laughs> but um, but anyway, um, Bethany got this bar donated to the event, which is a big deal for hundreds of people showing up to an event. Free booze, like that's really cool. But anyway, they get into a huge fight over it. Jill is really upset because Ramona has gotten her revved up. She finally found a wedge in between Jill and Bethany. And she's like, look what she did. Look what she did. It's big Tamara energy. Oh my, it is big Tamara energy, perfectly said. But like less evil and more erratic. Yeah, that's true. Because... <laughs> Tamara has like a plan. Ramona has yeah, no plan. Exactly. She's literally just her last three brain cells. 
<laughs> just like what Bethany did. Tamara and, foams at the mouth out of pure evil. Right. Ramona foams because she literally doesn't know any better. Right. Because it's her biological response. <laughs> but Jill gets really upset and she does something she never does. She breaks sort of her girlfriend code with Bethany and talks shit about her behind her back. Like, how could she do that if she knew there was all that space? Why wouldn't I get it? It's my event. And Bethany has no idea this is going on because she's like, off to work doing something else when she gets to the event she finds out that jill has been talking about her and beyond the bar of it all the bar space ramona that's what hurt her the most and jill was in absolute chaotic mode because i think something we haven't really talked about this episode is it was like full-on recession there's a lot of people who couldn't even afford to be at that event they were just kind of happy to be in an event where there was free booze and jill had a lot of things to auction off for charity so she was really stressed out i mean people don't have a lot of money she did a whole interview that's a whole thing we didn't cover but she did a whole interview with I think the BBC about being like wealthy in the time of a recession so she sort of had a lot of pressure on her as like this wealthy woman throwing a charity event in the middle of a recession and she was not going to let Bethany get in her way but Bethany did kind of the asshole thing in my opinion and cornered her just before Jill was about to go do the auction which is the big thing in a charity event where you have to have like a full personality I mean we learned with Deshaun you have to get up there uh, she had Nini do this you have to get up there and sell all the items and be very up and buy this and let me point out people and she just threw her and I think she knew that that was going to throw Jill and she wanted to get back at her. I think Bethany is kind of a bit of a child in this way yeah it's I like agree something like if she has something that she feels like she's been wronged or she like she can't wait she can't do, put a smile on her face which I you know there's something to be said about that but like the most inappropriate time to approach Joe when she actually has something to do for charity but like Bethany was never going to let that go Joe could have been on stage Bethany yep. would have grabbed the mic 100% <laughs> I just want to know what you think about me and why you think it'd be okay to talk about me to Ramona Ramona's not even a friend I don't really know what the problem is like what have I done is, is it a problem that I donated $10,000 of booze do you want me to take it back I can put it in my car right now I'll call a cab right now Ramona just, gulps the Pinot mm-hmm. literally gulps as, as, Jill, as Jill said needs an IV of Pinot the second that she shows up anywhere makes sense but you know I will say that I'm happy that Bethany went and sort of hugged it out with Jill yes. right before she got on stage because right she her knew wrong. what she did, which mm-hmm. shows true friendship. Because her tearing friendship, up during yeah. that too, like she yeah. choked up actual like glisten in her eyes yep. because it really hurt her. And it's so interesting too. And I haven't quite cracked the code on what it is, but it's like Bethany tearing up in that way. Obviously, she was hurt, of course, but her kind of frantically saying, like, you just need to apologize and we'll be done with it. There was something about that that speaks to a bigger character thing with Bethany and kind of the what she's been through, I feel, that we were seeing, like, on the like the tip of her fingers. Totally. And it was really interesting to see her exposed in that way. I agree completely. Should we go to Kelly or Alex? Kelly, let's go to Kelly since we've already talked some about Kelly. Not me forgetting about Alex. <laughs> absolutely forgot she existed let's go to kelly okay let's go to kelly (laughs) okay here's the thing with kelly she is the new housewife on the scene she is a single mother of two daughters she is a former model and is very much a socialite and still in that world and all the other women recognize that the minute she kind of steps onto the scene she's also an interesting character Mm and that she is very kind of aloof and you're like the calls are coming from inside the house the puzzle pieces aren't all there (laughs) but we're looking for them and we're looking for them and we're bulldozing everyone around us to find them (laughs) that's kind of how it feels with her sometimes what does phaedra say something bad something phaedra says something in the buttermilk ain't clean something in the buttermilk ain't clean (laughs) i'm sorry there's something off the thing with kelly is 
how we describe her to people like she is on paper the perfect housewife because people knew who Kelly Ben Simone whatever what's her middle name that she wants everyone to say I could not sorry I feel, I'm sorry but Kelly Ben Simone everyone knew who she was there was an immediate respect that she brought to the show that a lot of the women didn't have especially Bethany and I was really excited about her when she first came onto the scene because I immediately knew she and Bethany or she and Luann were not going to get along it was apparent from the get that Kelly and Luann knew each other better than Bethany and Kelly. But, you know, there was just something there that kind of irked me from the get-go with same, her. Same. Like, she'll go on this long, long rant about how she's very bohemian and down-to-earth and she prefers to live downtown and she's not like those other rich women. But then she'll say the second that she got to the Hamptons, she knew she needed to live there and she calls the Hamptons her home. And, you know, that's a red flag to me. And this is coming from someone who worships at the throne of Ina Garten. So for <laughs> me to say something like that, she is truly, like, full of absolute hypocrisy and it drives me crazy. And that being said though, like there's also a quality about her where her aloofness does make her kind of funny sometimes. Yes. Oh my God. She has great Earlier quotes. in the season, there's a moment where Ramona comes to the classic where Kelly is competing to see her. And <laughs> Ramona's like standing outside of the little barn area. And Kelly just like walks <laughs> right past her laser focus, to be fair, in competition mode. But just for it to happen to Ramona and Ramona to be all wide eyed and like, what? It was just so funny to me. And there's also another moment where, you know, Kelly is talking about Simon and she's like, Simon is like a young girl in fashion that just can't get enough. Like just reads every magazine, but just can't get enough. And I find that really refreshing. I loved that sentiment because Simon gets so much crap and he really, Simon, for the most part, means well. He like stays in his lane. Granted, the lane is aggressively climbing toward the top Mm -hmm. at every turn it can but for her to see him in that way and appreciate it I was like oh like I don't know it caught me by surprise it was very refreshing because for somebody who is very honest about people she does not like I think that that was sort of an instant response of like oh this is like a positive thing about Simon that no one else was saying even though him in those red pants is my sleep paralysis demon him just getting down in those pants it's a it's a nightmare it's scary Chucky if they didn't tie up the side there's something about the stitch on the side especially that she's unwell I'm really gross (laughs) I, I actually like that Simon takes risks I like that he isn't the afraid. Feedback for Alex. Oh yeah, he said the feedback. <laughs> the feedback corset for Alex. That was like what eight thousand dollars or something. It something. It's ridiculous. I mean, we're not in the Simon section. I'm sorry. I'll save this. We'll for the, be there in mere moments. We'll be there in mere moments. But I did like that weird connection that he had with Kelly. And yeah, her like weird disconnection from like what her mouth is saying and what her brain is thinking and what's happening in reality. It does bring some really funny moments. I think you got to mention the one Kelly thing. I know you're dying to mention. It's not a Kelly moment. It's a Kelly way of life, one might say, in the form of Max. <laughs> Ooh, I babe. thought you would be foaming at the bit. <laughs> I mean, yes, I am. Emphasis on bit. But yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Do I need to give you a private moment? Just a girl on her microphone running theme. <laughs> no, I just bring that up oh. because while we were watching... Allie would text me and be like, Max. He's so cute. I'm I'm really I'm not, not into su- modely guys like that. I'm not super attracted to him. I know. And that's, thank God, we'll never compete for you men. You know, this is true. We have very you different know, types. Me and a 10-year relationship. Um, we'll never <laughs> compete for men. But I, he was so cute. And I think he was so sweet. He obviously wanted airtime. And Kelly and him, you know, had discussed.
discussed maybe, oh, this will be good for you to be on Housewives. I'm sure you'll book jobs, whatever. Did I Google him? Yes. Is he still just as cute, cuter? Because I do like older men. But oh, well, I thought this that all he, tracks. This yeah, all it's, you're not going to think so. Has nothing on Tom Girardi for you. Uh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> you bitch. <laughs> I hate you so much. That was false libel you're being sued it might have been false but the spirit of it was true wow ass i hate you ass (laughs) (laughs) my favorite thing was whenever max and brad meet for the first time and i was like oh this is brad is living at this is ali on the screen 100 through brad him going to alex and being like kelly shows up with the most gorgeous guy in the world have you met him max (laughs) he's in me and then Jill being like he's straight and him being like that's okay he's straight I'll be straight we'll be straight together (laughs) I wouldn't kick him out of bed and then Jill being so embarrassed and being like he's old didn't she say something like he's an old gay or something yeah just giving poor Brad a a heart a whole time oh Freudian just giving Brad a hard time let him have his have his moment his fantasy Max and Kelly didn't seem to care so no I mean I think that all we needed to see of those two was the pillow fight that Kelly the eight-year-old instigated in Jill Zarin's fabric store well Jill and Bobby Zarin's fabric store how dare you it was just respect on Bobby's name I'm sorry I love Bobby so much (laughs) um but no I think that that's all we needed to see of that relationship but you know that was one of the few cards that Kelly did hold this season she was with a hot model guy and she said this multiple times, like, everyone wants to be with Max, and Max wants to be with me. I'm <laughs> rude. Um, I also hated Kelly's random rant of, like, I'm exposed to so many different men all the time. And she just talks about all the di- gay men, straight men, models, this. It's like, we get it. No one asked you to prom. Calm down. It's too much. It's not good. And it was just one of the things of Kelly, like, if you were just chill with your Max situation, that would be one thing. But... Um, yeah, she wasn't. <laughs> there was something else with Kelly that cracked me up. And it was in the Lost Footage episode. I'm so delighted by these early seasons, the Lost Footage episodes. Because yeah. I feel like in Housewives now nowadays, you have 22 episodes. So like the Lost Footage episode is truly just like, we had an extra hour that we needed to fill, you know? But in the early seasons, they truly had like gems. Because the episode orders were so fewer. And A, my sleep paralysis demon is Simon getting that massage oh, where he no. where he goes, the heat. Oh, I, I feel myself. the heat. To which in the last footage episode, <laughs> they were watching it for the reunion, I think. And Kelly goes, the heat from where? <laughs> See, when Kelly's good, she's kind of good sometimes. When Kelly's good, she's okay. One of my favorite Kelly moments was when she invited everyone to a cash-only, weird, gross basement Halloween party that she made everyone show up to. It was like a weird rented room. Like, it literally looked like an escape room with with no props. I don't know. She tells everyone to be there at a certain time. Everyone shows up for hours. Kelly does not show up because she's at another party. She's getting dressed as a Playboy bunny, and she's walking... (laughs) She's walking up to the party after everyone has left. And she's like, yeah, people were texting me, asking me where I was, but I didn't have my phone. You can't put a Blackberry in a bunny costume. And it was so perfect. It was such a good housewife line. It was like, you're so dumb, but also, yeah, you can't. It's one of those lines that like, you're as a writer, you're just like, dang it. Right. <laughs> totally. Yeah. She. The fact that she's not a girl's girl. What did you think about that? Which thing? Just in general, that 
every single person there was like, you're not a girl's oh, girl. You know, you know the fa- okay, so like the, the commentary that the other wives also often make is that like when they have met Kelly in the past or, or you know, they see Kelly interact with people, she's mostly interested in the men. I think it is what it is. I think some people are just like that. And like you have to take it for what it is. Like Kelly's never going to be a girl's girl. Like no. never. She, I feel like for a lot of her life has – you know, gotten a, she's obviously stunning, obviously a model, has gotten a lot of attention from men. And I think she loves that. I think right. she loves that attention. So I think that's kind of, especially as a model, maybe how she grew up feeling valued is getting that attention. So I feel like that's kind of like where she continues to seek it, I guess. Get that validation. Mm-hmm. I mean, did was it Bethany who said about the friendship between Leanne and Kelly? They're both tall thoroughbreds. <laughs> that was hysterical. And also her and Luann literally just trying to out-snob each other. And mm. Kelly talking about her... I don't even think she was actually talking about her modeling days. I'm pretty sure Luann volunteered like, oh, well, I was a model <laughs> and brings up the catalog. I did mostly catalog. And then she says nothing. It's like she said nothing. Kelly did not hear her. <laughs> Kelly was not there. Literally. Mm-hmm. The lights are on, but no one was home. Oh, so goodness. good. Yeah. Let's talk about Alex. Alex. You know... You know, the thing about Alex is I forgot about her. And it's not that I didn't like her this season. She didn't have a place. And I think it's because there were so many intense rivalries going on. And basically her only main issue was the thing with Jill at the top of the season, which got resolved pretty quickly. De- but she delivered a devastating oh, blow. so good. Alex was talking, you know, we've already talked about the Alex Simon Jill debacle. And Alex says this about Jill. She says, I sometimes think that I want to hug and tell her she needs to go home and write on her mirror and lipstick. I'm good enough. <laughs> Wow. Devastating. So good. Like, like, you cannot recover from that. Right. (laughs) In moments like that, I'm like, you're so, like, wise and cool. Because even, and you know, it's funny, and this is why she is so likable. I love Alex. And it's so funny because in, sorry? I said the L word. Love. Like, love because in remembering I knew starting around season three that I really started to love her and I think having that now in the rewatch because I already know I love her at some point it has endeared me to her even earlier and there's just something about her though that she can deliver a devastating read that'll take a bitch weeks to recover from especially a bitch like Jill but she says it with such like kindness in a way like she genuinely means it it's like she wants to hug Jill and like you know so it's like it comes from such a genuine place and like even though she was clearly making a dig, it's not as mean-spirited as a lot of the other women. So I think it endears me to her. And, you know, I'm just obsessed with the way she talks and the way she talks about fashion, the way she talks about her wine cooler, the special oven that they ordered to go into their kitchen oh, for the right. renovation, uh-huh. the way she talks about how the doors aren't going to seal in the rain. Like, I could just listen to this woman talk. I don't know. There's something about Alex that I love. And I'm coming out and saying it. Wow, I'm happy for you. I like her too. I wouldn't say love. I think because her only function this season was sort of being a punching bag for Ramona, her and Simon. What I did really like was seeing, and I know this isn't technically Alex, but seeing another side of Simon, like when he was hugging and making up with Jill and even that moment with Kelly, I'm like, oh, Simon seems kind of nice. And I liked them more this time around. Like when Simon gives her those 
gorgeous earrings. Oh my god, I don't even care about they diamonds. Were they stunning. were stunning. But also him freaking out in the taxi. I was very uncomfortable with about that. the birthday party at their house with their kids. You took a wrong turn. I mean, I understand like you wanting to surprise her and like maybe a little annoying, right. but like a little annoying in the way where you take a deep breath and then get yourself together. Like right, totally. <laughs> it was just wild to me. There was also some emotion that we saw with Alex about. I mean, speaking of emotion, there was some emotion that we saw with Alex about Simon. I feel like we're going to have different reactions. To it's this. a lot. Okay. Alex getting sort of emotional in her confession about her wedding to Simon. And I think it was their wedding night. She turned to Simon and says, please take good care of my heart because you have it now. And then she chokes up and she says, and he always has. And this is the only time I believe we've seen Alex truly emotional, like crying. And it's like, oh, I guess I'm happy that they're happy. You it's know? a lot, but you yeah. can tell that they genuinely love each other. And it's like that kind of language that makes me obsessed with Alex. Sure. Who speaks like that? Like right. she just speaks in such a specific way. And I'm just like, okay, I don't know. And she's so true to herself. And her revealing to Bethany, which I forgot about this, that her and Simon met in a chat room for a one night one stand. One night stand. I mean, you know, she's feminism. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. I mean, there are a lot of women I would have thought, but not Alex, but good for you. I, I love that. And I Bethany was like, And oh. she just owns it. And yeah. I, lo- I continue to love the dynamic between Bethany and Alex. Like, there's yeah. just something. They are both such truth canons in, like, diff- very different ways. But I don't know. Every time they're on screen together, I really enjoy it. I loved that we, you know, she enlists her help for the logo. And we kind of get to see that side of her, even though they do have a tense moment in the reunion, which we will get to momentarily. I don't know. I really enjoy that friendship. It's not even, like, a huge friendship. But it is like a mutual respect and understanding that I appreciate. It's to me, it's the friendship that I wish was. I, it never blossomed this season, at least. And it made me sad because they would have been such a great duo. There's just no world in which Jill would ever be good friends with Alex because she doesn't see her that way. But I don't know. I just am sad about Alex and Bethany never really working out. And I think it's because Bethany really leaned hard on Jill. They, I mean, they weren't like friends, friends. Not this year, but and but we'll get a little bit of it next sure, year, I feel. Sure. Which So we have a, a little bit to look forward to, I feel. Yeah. So, you know, one other thing I really loved for Alex this season, and it also comes in the Lost Footage episode, again, gems, is she and Simon are hanging out with one of her gay friends and his husband. Oh, yeah. You know, they, like, moved to Massachusetts to, like, get married. So she and Simon meet with her gay best friend and his husband and their children, and they just have this, like, lovely ice cream moment. And during this moment, there is a couple, a straight couple getting married, you know, a little off or, like, getting their pictures taken for their wedding. Like, you know, they're in a tuxedo and a a wedding dress and Simon says to one of the boys like yeah they're getting married and you know sometimes that's between a man and a woman and sometimes that's between a man and a man or a woman and a woman and that you know I don't know just like instilling that in them so I young mean, just made me choked like, up. yeah like, why are my eyes <laughs> I watched that and it didn't even get me the way that we've been through some things, you know, and it's just like really important to show that on television. And I realized too, a little housewives theory of my own that I think real housewives. Okay. So minorly mind you, I'm going to say this, but in such a small scale, I feel like an agenda of housewives early on was to kind of expose the world and its demographic to you know, these ladies in their lives, but also like the gay people in their lives. Sure. Because in like the mid 2000s, you know, it's not certainly what, you know, queer culture certainly isn't what it is now. So I feel like, and you know, it makes sense with like Andy and I'm sure a lot of other gay executives at the helm of 
slowly and and you you see that over the years like you see like the gay best friend on every franchise almost so like slowly putting that in and i really appreciate it for that reason yeah i i always saw the gay best friends the gay friends in these early franchises at least as sort of an accessory because maybe Andy or a producer gave them a note, but you're so right. It was important to have that on television because it didn't really exist except in a derogatory way. And as annoying as it is for me to hear Jill say over and over again, like my gay husband, my gay husband, because to me it just feels so demeaning. You know, there wasn't a positive regular presence of gay men on television at that time. And so you're right. It is actually a good thing. I think I'm just being like, wow, can you just at least give them, yeah, it's easy for lines. it's easy for us now to want more, right. you know. But like, fourteen-year-old Xavier in West Virginia, like, oh, yeah. just desperate for any kind of representation on television, oh. and not only representation but acceptance in this yeah. world. Yeah. So yeah, so I really appreciate oh. Housewives for that reason. That was a great moment. Yeah. Okay, so those are our ladies for the season. Ladies for the season. Shall we get into our other segment? Yes. Let's talk about the reunion. Let's. So here moving forward, because the reunions become such a big deal in the Housewives canon, um, and this is our first season with a two-part reunion. Huge. Here on out, the reunions will have their own segment when something noteworthy or iconic happens, which will be most of the time. <laughs> And it's only fair because they are filmed months after the regular season, after the women have been able to watch the show back themselves and get the feedback from the public sphere. And coming into this reunion, as we mentioned earlier, one of the big headliners was that Luann had been separated and is getting a divorce. And something interesting that came out of the reunion was... Luann versus Ramona. Yeah. And we kind of see that issue that they had at that charity event, you know, that kind of one off. Like we see it in a bigger scale here. And Ramona insisting that the ladies knew what was going on in Luann's marriage. And that's why they were frustrated that she was putting a facade on for cameras. And I was like, oh, honey, was a game being played the whole time. Mm. And also, I love the side conversations of them all having things of like, what is she doing? That's so interesting to me. That whole thing with Luann is presenting one thing and being another, that never goes away. I was about to, at a certain point, it goes away okay. a little bit. It Absolutely. Sure. Because like Luann at a certain point, because she's so smart. I love when these ladies are so smart. Like she leans in. Sure. Like Luann has a come to Jesus moment later and realizes like, well, I've been exposed. Might as well lean, honey. And that she does. <laughs> Luann and Ramona, that whole, you know, argument, something that made me laugh so hard this season is when she was talking about Jill engaging Ramona and she was like, oh, Jill just took the Ramona pill. It was so perfect because you know that Luann knows about Ramona. She's not experiencing any of this shit for the first time. So, yeah, I thought that that was an interesting thing to come out. And obviously it's all based on Ramona's insecurity, you know, with everything. So, yeah. Yeah, and then Luann talking about her book coming out. We were like, oh, okay. You know. <laughs> and Bethany's book being a bestseller. Bethany's book being a bestseller. Alex has a damn book. Who else? Those are the Alex oh versus Bethany. Alex versus Bethany. That made me a little sad. I know, but it's, it wasn't it's too tr- major. Right. Because Bethany took it on the chin. Like she heard her, which I would give them both credit. They're decent about owning their stuff. Agree. But I was like, oh no. That made me sad. Don't fight. I know. I'm like, you guys could be great friends. There's always going to be something there. And that thing is called Jill. So, no. 
until she's not. Until um, she's not. One of my, those are my big points from the reunion, but one just little funny thing I wanted to mention, again, around Jill's boobs. Oh, my you know? God, yes. <laughs> she had gotten a reduction, and the ladies were commenting on how Jill will show anyone who will look at them, to which Bethany says, yeah, my doorman thought they looked amazing. <laughs> So good. I mean, my thing that that was one of my favorite moments. And then also something that had happened in the time off camera before the reunion was Kelly Ben Simone got into an altercation, allegedly with her boyfriend at the time or ex-boyfriend by the time of the reunion, where she allegedly like hit him in the face and assaulted him. And he went and reported her to the police station. And of course, page six, including her employer, page six, people just ran with it because she you know, women are also easy to tear down in the media, regardless of whether or not we like these women, hate these women, whatever. It's just so shitty the way that the media will tear them apart in terms of like their character and not seeing any good side to them. And with Kelly, something that kind of got me actually was Kelly getting choked up about her good name being like run through the mud and she doesn't have her good name anymore that she's worked so hard to get because of this ex-boyfriend. I don't know if he actually actually physically assaulted him, but you know, that is something that I was surprised by. But then, you know, I'm like, oh, I, you know, I feel bad. And then everybody being like, get her a tissue. They give her a tissue. I don't want a tissue. Let and the tears fall, not, honey. <laughs> which no tears were I was exactly out. where were they? But I know, literally, Porsche vibes. She should have used the tissue. At 100%. Least don't let her break the water line. Exactly. And that she didn't. I, <laughs> that to me, I was so thrown by that. And then she immediately follows up with, you know, the grass isn't always greener. It doesn't matter how much fertilizer you have. What? She practiced that in the mirror. I mean, <laughs> you know also, who thought, you know what? Let me cry while saying the word fertilizer. I mean, that'll really get them. I'm kind of grateful. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that was a great. Oh, and then Jill telling Andy, stay out of it. When she was arguing with someone, I was like, wow, only Jill's Aaron. Only Jill's Aaron. <laughs> I know. It cost her in the end. No, I'm I- just kidding. <laughs> did it oh my god that's i a have good no th- idea that's a good point i know i'm like i mean i wouldn't be shocked I, I mean yeah I, I actually actually just i can't even say it. i can't even get the joke out he actually just called me <laughs> <laughs> underrated moments Ooh. okay do you want to start us off Yes, I have two. One is just very, they're both pretty small. The first one, it just cracked me up, was Victoria's discovery of Goodwill. (laughs) Oh my God. And her regaling her mother about the wonderful (laughs) land. Not Narnia, not Hogwarts, but Goodwill. Goodwill. (laughs) And she brought several sweaters and shirts for the the cost of nine dollars, which to which Luann was like, she's basically she didn't say this exactly, but like, she's never spent that much on clothes in her life. <laughs> it was just it, it oh, was so funny to me. So good, you're right. That was a fantastic moment. One of my favorite situations. It was small. It was also Luann and Victoria thing. Oh. And it was before they went out when Victoria's coming back from, you know, her boarding school week. I don't know if she was there for the weekend or whatever. And then Luann asks her where she wants to go to lunch. And she says she doesn't know. And she goes, you don't know? Not a good answer. You should always know what you want. (laughs) Luann's like, yes, I will make this a teaching moment. Literally. And she's literally like, I'm tired. Can we stay home? I wish Victoria would have said Taco Bell. (laughs) I want to see Luann's face. You can get a whole meal for $3. (laughs) So funny i loved that (laughs) my last underrated moment is a moment that's so special to me (laughs) i love this moment so much because when i think of early seasons of real housewives of new york i 
instantly go to this visual and to this moment. And it is Bethany and Jill dancing together in front of the fan oh, at, Lu- yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> at the event that Lu- where Luann is being honored, I think. Yes. They're an all-white white party, which I'm always a little suspicious of. Dancing, the score drops in. They're dancing in front of the fan. Bethany's in front. Jill's behind. They do one of those little side wiggles and look at each other. The fan is on their face. Their hair is blowing. They're easy breezy. Their friendship is at its height. I don't know. I love the score even. Like Brad is off to the side doing his thing. And then you also have the hilarious comedic moment of (laughs) Bethany's hair getting caught in the fan, which is so funny. But it really is Bethany in a white short with Jill, her good Judy at her side, being best BBs. And I love it so much. It makes me so happy. I love that because it is so carefree, fun, early housewives. And a lot of early housewives, like vulnerable moments, you can trace those to the dance floor because they're like, I don't care if the camera's on me. I'm sweaty and I'm going to be <laughs> dancing in the Hamptons or wherever the hell I am. I don't sweat. I glisten. I, <laughs> I love that moment too. I mean, my last moment is a Bethany one and it's just a small one. And it was coming off of the heels of Kelly saying to Jill, you know, I don't put my name on anything. I don't lend my name to anything. And Bethany saying, first of all, I've seen Chinese takeout men use with your name on them (laughs) I thought it was such a good burn that's the person that I want to be in the moment when someone is saying bullshit to me and I just that's one of my favorite Bethany lines of all time so she's quick she is quick okay awards who was your MVP who's your apple of the season who was your center honey very difficult to say is it um it's hard. There were oh. a lot of alphas for me this season. There were all, a lot of main characters. I would have to say the person that worked the hardest and earned the MVP sort of title for me would be Bethany. Same. Wow, I wasn't expecting you to say that. Uh, she absolutely put in the work. She, she did. Yeah, it was Bethany's season. She was involved in the main feud, I would argue, with Bethany and Kelly. She was part of the main friendship with mm-hmm. Bethany and Jill. Like, it was Bethany for sure. Totally. Okay, and who would you say is your people's princess? Okay. So your favorite, personal favorite. My personal favorite was Alex. Oh my God, really? (laughs) Really, really. She brought me, well, keep in mind, actually, yes, Alex. I say- Stand in your conviction. No, I started to say like, Bethany is, sometimes what I do is I give one, if I have two favorites, I give one the MVP and one the princess. But we have done moments where we've given the same person both. And the reason Bethany is not my people's princess is because there were certain points where she kind of annoyed me this season. And Alex, when she was on screen, I was always, I always enjoyed it. So it was Alex. Wow. What about you? I like that conviction. Um, For me, it was the person who casually mentioned, I passed out on the street yesterday. Um, Jill Zarin. I'm sorry. I enjoy her so much. She makes me laugh. Delightful. I love her even more. This most recent rewatch. I love her so much. She's my favorite. Who was your villain? Difficult. I have to say the true villain of the season, and I say this obviously as a tie, was Ramona tied with Kelly because Kelly wasn't very much of a villain to the other women. And I just feel like Ramona was a perfect villain because she ruined everybody's day all the time. She was annoying. She did not discriminate with who she was going to upset that day. No, 
well Mm-mm-mm-mm. questionable <laughs> but no i just thought she was a great villain i think that kelly was a great villain to bethany mostly and then of course later in the seasons we sort of reveal in the reunion that she was unkind to a lot of other people and pretended like she didn't know other people so i'm like okay that's a villain behavior but not yet it's still ramona's time to shine you know what's funny is i also was waffling between two people one of whom was kelly but kelly's also the second name listed who's your villain it's between kelly and luann why would Luann be your villain? Because this was not a good season for Luann. I don't think it was that bad. It wasn't terrible, but I think Luann was my villain, mostly for the first chunk of the episodes, I think. Because, I don't know, I feel like we started to see through the cracks a little bit. And then the confirmation later with the reunion of, like, she wasn't fully being who she says she is. Luann had a villainous season for me. But that's wow. also why she's kind of split with Kelly, because I didn't feel strongly enough to be like, Luann is absolutely the villain. Because Kelly also showed villain tendencies, but I do think it was mostly with Bethany, like you said. I don't know, but like, I think I'm gonna, you give it to Ramona. Ramona was just too removed for me, you know? And I think because she also just had such a strong villain season to me last year, that like, this was like villain light for her, sure. you know? So it's Luann and Kelly for me. Okay. Okay, Allison, our final segment. I know the listeners look forward to this, or at least I like to think. <laughs> For all six of you that made it to the end, thank you. <laughs> it's probably five now. <laughs> My mom had to go to bed. <laughs> Hired or tired? You're a Bravo executive. You're sitting in your corporate office. What's on the walls? Who's to say? You're to say, bitch. Oh. <laughs> What's on the walls? Posters of old seasons because the corporate office made you do it. Ooh. You're sipping on an iced matcha latte and you're uh. thinking, should I fire my assistant tomorrow or right now? You're snacking on an egg bite. I don't know. <laughs> I like Bravo the, executives. No, no. I don't know why I'm painting them out. He's so mean. <laughs> snacking on an egg bite. And then the PA comes into the room or your other good Judy who you gossip with in the office oh. and she has the headshots. The headshot. She hands them to you. She says, okay, we're going through these now. Which of these wives is coming back for a season three? Who is hired and who is tired, honey? Alex. Hired. Tired. <gasps> <laughs> the gay gasp. It was, it, yes. I am sorry. She didn't do it for me this season. I like her. To me, this proved she's out of her league with these women. She doesn't belong on Housewives. Sorry. I like her, but it's not the place. That couldn't be more untrue, but you sit in that wrong conviction. I appreciate that. But I have the knowledge of future seasons and knowing she has iconic moments down the line. Great, but we're staying in the present. We're staying in the present, but... I'm shook. In the present, I forgot that we didn't cover her character during this episode because she contributed so little storyline-wise. And the show is evolving, just like a lot of Housewives franchises are evolving at this point. And Alex is being left behind in the dust at this point, in my opinion. I think... Although Alex might not have been in the mix, Simon certainly was. And if that's enough to get her another season... So be it. Great. I think Alex is really important. I mean, she's my people princess, so I'm going to ride for her. Of course, yeah. But I don't know. I think she grounds the show in a different way. Like, she is a little bit removed. I fully agree with that. But I think that's necessary because if we are just sitting with the Jills and the Bethany's and the Luans <laughs> and the Ramones, help us all. So I welcome the reprieve of Alex McCord. Luann, hired. hired. Bethany, hired. hired. Jill, hired. hired. Ramona, hired. hired. Kelly, hired. Hired, because God, she, do I love seeing Bethany upset. <laughs> I 
cracks me up. Kelly earned her sophomore season. I don't know if she earned her sophomore she season. She did. To me, I think she just selfish. I selfishly just want her and Bethany to go at it. We just did a a dramatic reenactment of a scene in which Kelly did a lot of the talking. She earned her sophomore season. I just dislike her so much. So I don't know that I could say that, but I understand what you're, I hear the words you're saying and I receive them. She's acknowledging it. Y'all. She knows I am correct. She just is too prideful and that's okay. (laughs) Okay. Y'all another week, another episode of housewife's theory. I know. I I mean, in the words of Ramona, kudos to us. Oh my goodness. I'm embarrassed to know you delete the account. (laughs) Next week we will be covering Season one of Real Housewives of New Jersey. Oh, what a damn I've trip. I'm very excited. Me too. It is really like a trip. I unlike any other franchise. Cannot wait. Same. I'm getting the deli meat ready as we speak. Oh, I heard that about you. <laughs> okay, gotta go. Bye. Bye.